But I just want to encourage you. I want you to look at Debbie and say, okay, you know, she's been through this, and maybe you're going through something right now. But the same God that didn't leave her side is never going to leave your side. You just have to appreciate that and take hold of that. Today I'm going to talk, the, the title of the message is Walk This Way. Um, to quote that theologian Stephen Tyler from Aerosmith. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Lord, the steps of a good man, good woman, are ordered by you indeed. What is our role? Trust and obey. Trust you. Trust your word. Father, I get grieved and sickened by how many Christians we see going down the wrong path, be it progressive Christianity, be it just being misled, because we don't know your word. You tell us that in the last days, people want their ears tickled. Sometimes the best truth hurts the hardest. But we trust you, Lord. Let our lives be ordered by you. Give us ears to hear. This morning, Lord, starting with me. Lord, in your name. Amen. You know, when I, when I talk about change, because I don't want anybody in this room to be satisfied with where you're at. Because God isn't. He may be happy with where you're at, delightful, but he wants you to keep moving. And my conversation, I, I, I mentioned it when I opened with, with Jan, was... was one of the things that I see is, you know what? The older I get, the more resistant I can be to change and the more I like things my way. But the fact of the matter is, God wants us to abandon ourselves. Later on in my teaching, I want to talk about Second Chronicles 7.14 again, and I don't want us who know the Scripture verse to say, yep, I know that, because then you're going to miss what God is speaking to you this morning because you're listening with your ears rather than God's. So the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. I'm reading a book by Pastor Greg Laurie of Harvest Ministry, and it's called Lennon, Dylan, Alice, and Jesus. John Lennon, Bob Dylan, Alice Cooper, 
in Jesus Christ. And what it's about is it talks about the, the history of rock and roll, where it began, and it talks about people like, you know, Alice Cooper, I remember when I was in high school, having some of his records, Welcome to My Nightmare. Well, guess what? That freak got saved for Jesus Christ. And if you look at rock music, you look at John Lennon who went through a two-week phase of committing his life to Jesus Christ. Man, I hope, I hope before he died he really went back there. But you know, you read all these people that were famous. You know, the 27 Club, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, um, Jim Morrison, etc. People that died or killed themselves, you know, at a young age. They had the world. But how empty were their lives? And as I'm reading this book, you know, it breaks my heart. We, we see this, I've mentioned this numerous times. You know, the drummer from Foo Fighters, you know, Taylor Hawkins. I mean, I hope in his last breath he cried out to Jesus, or guess what? He's, he's in hell. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. You know, in reading this book, it shows you how dissatisfied, unsatisfied people are without Christ. John Lennon, very popular, very, very unhappy man in his life. But I want to encourage us today. Hopefully I haven't come on too strong, because today this message is an encouragement. Am I going to teach you a whole lot? I'm not going to teach today. I'm going to encourage you know, I know that God is really asking me, and he's asking us, we need to trust him. We need to move forward in the way he wants us to. Like I said, years ago, I thought about this grief share. I prayed about it. I didn't want it to happen this way. But out of dark places, God rises up. And maybe you're in a dark place today. Do not listen to the lies of the devil which say it won't get any better. Your heart has to be. Maybe life stinks right now, but God's going to get me through it. And out of this seeming defeat is going to come victory, and I'm going to minister to other people, because that's what God is calling you to do. New covenant, to minister to other people. You know, my exhortation today hopefully cheers you up a little bit, you know, that we can do what God is calling us to do. You know, what I'm talking about today is we need faith to obey. I was blessed this week. I was reading Leviticus 26, 3 through 6. If you happen to have a Bible, it's the third book in the Bible. Chapter 26. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you the seasonal rains. Part of the reason that he's saying this is the Jews at that time were praying and being led astray to Baal, who was the, the god of storms. So they were, they were when things were hard, they're, they're not calling out to God for help. They're calling out to this God who they think controls the weather. So he goes, I will send you seasonal rains. The land will then yield its crops, and the trees of the field will produce their fruit. What God's saying is, if you want a fruitful life, call out to him. You can never be satisfied, not fully, not deep down without a commitment to Christ. Your threshing season will overlap with the grape harvest, and your grape harvest will overlap with the season of planting grain. You will eat your fill and live securely in your own land. I will give you peace in the land, and you will be able to sleep with no cause for fear. 
I will rid the land of wild animals and keep your enemies out of your land. What I'm talking about today is obedience breeds success. But I want to encourage us to let God define what success is. You know, I, I, I enjoyed Sunday night's meeting we had last week. If I'm honest, I wanted a whole lot more people here. So I get to the end of the meeting. I thought the speaker was amazing. Um, and, oh, and, and I'm kidding, please, believe me. Um, and I felt like God said, I want you to look through my eyes. I want this to, I want every seat filled. God said, be encouraged that I am moving in these people at New Covenant and they're going to move forward. So I, so I was encouraged. This is an aside. It's going to be a trap, but an aside. How many people feel we're in the last days? Everybody's hand should be up because we know after Jesus rose, it's called the last days. And I, you can put your hands down. I know some people have it down to the minute. Uh, newsflash, you don't. Um, if you do, who are you taking with you? If you really feel it's the last days, then you wake up with a burning desire that I don't want my friend to go to hell, that I don't want my family to go to hell, that i got to use God's wisdom in moving forward. I love what um, the O'Donnell small group did. Randy had a book he got him, Randy Ziegler Tactic, which is how do you share God in different ways. And if I may be wrong, but I think it's also on Right Now Ministries. But, you know, I, I, I want to study stuff like that and say, what's a better way for me to share the Lord with people? So if we're in the last days, we have to be on fire for sharing people. But, but I'm not going to spend time there. I want to encourage us that, what, that what, is, what God is saying is true. Like I said last week, I want our church to want movement a whole lot more than the River Life Church does. And it does. I am encouraged by what God's happening here. Too often you view your life through the lens of other people. You compare. I'm not like them. I know if God didn't make you that way, you have to move forward. You see, God wants us to put feet to our faith. We're not supposed to be spectators. And the one thing that the Lord has talked to me about week, day after day this week is do not undervalue small steps. Because small steps are a foundation building block for our faith. And as we move forward, at some point you're going to go faster and faster and faster. Dream big. Dream big. But guard against overreaching. You know, when we lived up north, we lived in Rutland Center. And about, I don't know what, quarter mile from our house, there's a straightaway, can't remember the name of the road anymore, and it was half mile long. So I took Mel there, and I said, man, I'm going to go there and back, there's going to be a piece of cake. Of course, I hadn't run for years. So I get going. And after about two minutes, I said, this boy ain't running no half mile. I'm going to be happy to go from one telephone pole to the next, then walk. I mean, you know, because I was overreaching. 
you don't hit the ground and say, I'm doing a marathon. Heck, unfortunately, I didn't hit the ground saying, I'm doing a mile. But that's what happens to us. We, we don't say, God, where, what do you want me to do? We look at this, we look at that, I want to go. And then all of a sudden, you get discouraged and you throw in the towel. God wants us to say, are you more, are you farther ahead today than you were a year ago? Then, oh, amen. But don't be satisfied with that. You need to pray, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Who is it you want me to talk to? I believe when we pray that every single day, God's going to put somebody in our path. And it doesn't mean you say, let me sit down and here's the Romans road. It means, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. If you want anything more, I'll talk to you about it. But we have to know that God is moving and he wants us to move. You see, any forward momentum is progress. If you stand still, that's called no progress. Pretty soon you're going backwards. Maybe you're not moving ahead as fast as you want, but you're moving forward. And as I read these verses time and time again throughout the week, God says, if you follow my decrees, if you obey my word, I have heard in too many Born again, Jesus-loving churches in today's age. Well, you know, sexuality has changed. And I say, yeah, it hasn't. Read Romans 1. We, we, we don't like that because it doesn't feel good. We're on a slippery road if we don't obey what God says. Now, we have to be careful how we interact with other people. We have to be gracious and loving. But God wants you to obey his commands. I mean, it's sad. I read some statistics. It's under 20% of all Christians that read the Bible every day. Hopefully, that's an exaggerated statistic, but I read it in enough places where I kind of believe it. And you don't do it for legalism. You don't do it to get a gold star, so Jesus is up there saying, okay, Melody Beaumont, another day, way to go. It's because you grow. You don't know my schedule. If your schedule is too busy for God, do I need to finish the sentence? Then he's not in charge of your life. I used to like, you know, I've gotten used to it. You guys have gotten so much better. When I first started preaching, all the guys would go, you know, they'd fall asleep halfway through. I'm a short preacher for crying out loud. Then they wake up and let's talk about hunting. Let's talk about football. Let's talk about baseball. You don't talk about that anymore. Let's talk about hockey or basketball. Are you kidding me? What's that old saying? If you don't think resurrection is true, watch the dead come to life at 5 o'clock at work. You don't come to church to be fed. You don't. You come to church to feed others. You don't come to church. Yes, we hear the word and we, I get it, I get it. But you come with a song, with a hymn, with a prayer. You come to minister. Then you're going to be touched. Not what's in it for me today. That is the American church. Can you please entertain me? Let's get smoke. Let's get lights. Let's get whatever. Guess what? I don't want that. I want Jesus. Jesus didn't do smoke. He didn't even do projectors. Amen. I hope in the next couple weeks we have TVs and we can burn that thing. Well, that's okay. 
They were praying to Baal. Oh, we, we don't pray to false gods. Oh, really? You don't have idols. Oh, really? Want me to name some? Family, children, money, fasting. I can keep going. I can do a whole teaching on places where we worship the wrong thing. A false idol is anything that prevents you from getting close to God. How about age? Don't tell me what you can't do. Tell me what you can do. I want to be comfortable. Oh, so your idol is called comfort. I, I'm okay. I just wanted to know what it is. Sorry, I said I was going to be encouraging. Now I'm stepping on toes. What am I talking about? God, faith is not being comfortable. Obeying God is not being comfortable. When I was in Carol Sedorin's I took three different geography, um, what's that thing called? I know it's math, but algebra. I took three different algebra classes from that woman, and I was never comfortable in her class. A, she could kill me. B, I really hope she never looks at this. Um, but you know what? I learned. You know what a good teacher does? Same thing a good coach does. Oh, you're here? And you think you can only go there? I'm going to push you till you get here. I don't accept the places. Well, this is all I can do. Then I don't want to serve your Jesus. I want to serve my Jesus. Who took a kid out of speech classes that was overweight and said, yes, whatever you want to do in me. The word of God has to be your guide through life. And when it is, there's going to be times when, what did Jesus say? They're going to hate you. I did not come to bring peace with a sword. No, we are not starting a new covenant militia. And you do have to be here at least six years to get the key to the bunker. But besides that, we're going to leave that alone. What? We don't really have a bunker. Um, what did... I think they believe me. Um, what did, what did um, Jesus mean by that? They don't accept Christ. They're not going to accept you. When you declare who you are. That's what he meant by that. This world, I like, I was reading, uh, Billy Graham said something, I think this morning I read it, that the American church has to stand up and get strong and start saying what we believe and not to cower to the vocal minority. 2 Chronicles 7.14 Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and will turn from their wicked ways, if you are a my people of God, he's speaking to you, regardless of how long you've known him, and turn from their wicked ways, we need to be praying, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Show me my wickedness. Our problem is we whitewash our wickedness. We say it's okay to gossip. 
At least I'm not sleeping around. It's okay to overdrink sometimes. At least I'm not stealing from people. You have to look and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. What do you want me to turn away from? Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Can I say something? Sometimes we're in a bad place personally because we're in a bad place. We're in sin. We're allowing things in our life that we wink at and God can never wink at that so he can't bless us. So God wants us to obey him. He's saying, I'm reaching out to you, New Covenant. Will you reach back? Trust me and watch what's going to happen. My second point is we need to embrace peace. I don't know anybody who doesn't want peace. I'm not talking about smile, slap your friend on the back, have a great day. I'm talking about When you are alone at night, do you have that peace when it's just you? You know, when we lived up north, we had this old farmhouse. We had 40 acres of land. And how cool was it in the summer to go out back? And I remember one night, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning, meteor showers, we just took this old blanket, we just laid it down in the driveway, turned off all the outside lights and just sat there. You want to think about God, look at the stars at night. Go down to the lake where there's not a lot of lights and just look up, man. Talk about peaceful, just loving Jesus. We're looking at the sky, wow. You see, my, my Bible tells me he gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm not looking to embarrass her again, but Debbie Grootman has a peace that surpasses all understanding, and I appreciate that. Does it mean it's easy? Oh, come on, of course not but it means Jesus has the wheel. God, just as he told the Israelites how to live and achieve peace and success, he's saying the same thing to us. He says, I will give you peace in the land, and you'll be able to sleep with no cause for fear. Now, it doesn't mean your life's going to be free of harm. It means they can't steal your inner peace. Maybe they can take your body. They can't take your Lord away from you. So we have to obey him. I used to love what Pastor Paul Wagner, who started this church years ago, used to say. You have to know it in your knower. And you know what I know in my knower? That Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. That Jesus Christ is the one way to heaven. That even when life stinks and I want to throw in the towel, I take a deep breath and take one more step because my Jesus is with me. And that's what he's telling you. Some of you, I see your countenance, I see your attitudes, and God wants to say, lift up your heads. Because I got you. And even now as I'm saying that, some of you are hearing the voices saying that's not true. And God is saying in Jesus' name it is. I'm going to ask each one of you to think of this question. Don't answer it out loud. What is it that you're hesitant to do? What is it that you're hesitant to do that you resist going all in? I read statistics. I think it was from Barney Research. You, you, you know, we look at all these government handouts, et cetera, et cetera, and we all have opinions. The government shouldn't be allowed in that, shouldn't be involved in that. The church should be. Born-again Christians give about 
one to two percent of their income on an average. If we did what the Bible told us to do, we would impact this world in such a way that it would be unbelievable. I'm going to look at Leviticus verse 9 and then 11 through 12 in chapter 26. God says, I will look favorably upon you, making you fertile and multiplying your people, and I will fulfill my covenant with you. I will live among you, and I will not despise you. Would you all close your eyes? God is saying to you right now, clean the slate. Repent of any sin. Then understand they are dead and buried. Doesn't mean you're not going to have temptations. You're not going to stumble. It means you're forgiven. God is saying to you, I will not despise you. Those of you that are thinking right now, God, how can you love me? God's saying, how can I not? You can open your eyes. He says, I'm going to walk among you. I will be your God, and you will be my people. I'm going to ask you to take these verses out of Leviticus 26, and I'm going to ask you, you know, 3 through 6 and basically 9 through 12, to, to pray through them, to believe them, to say, God, show me the places where I don't obey you. Show me the places where I struggle. Show me the places, Lord then I don't believe that you love me. I'm in a meeting with Pastor Jeff L. speaking up in Faith Fellowship in Watertown. He's speaking like a salvation message to a bunch of pastors, which I thought was kind of weird. Till he came to the close. I want you to know God loves you. You know what my instant un rehearsed, spontaneous result was, I just remember sitting there going, yeah, yeah, right. I couldn't believe it. If I couldn't love myself, how could God love me? Church, God's calling out to us today, saying, you know what? Don't look where you've been. Look where you're going. I love you. I'm not going to despise you. Some of you, you just got to just hear this. Like I said, Sunday night, I just love the fact that as soon as the meeting was over, God said, man, that was good stuff. See, I had to put away the lens of my eyes, what I wanted to see happen, my expectations, my desires. I had to say, you know what, God, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy this because you're moving a new covenant, Lord. Oh, maybe you can't see as much as, but God's moving here and we have to be along for the ride and let him do it. Please resist letting discouragement creep in. Paul writes, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer me who lives. Jesus Christ now lives in me. I'm not going to get into it. I had some, I had some quotes that I'm not going to read. I didn't even bring them about you know, rock stars and they talk about how empty their lives are. You know, the day she died... Amy Winehouse was like 28 years old and she's just talking about how, how unfulfilled her life is, how she just wants peace and how she's just really not satisfied. 
drank too much, killed herself. You know, you just go through all these people, and the part I'm saying is because my generation, we're really part, I'm a little bit, believe it or not, young for that, but rock really hit its heyday in the 60s and 70s. Man, I grew up, Rolling Stone magazine was my Bible. It's hard for me to believe 50 years ago this year, Neil Young's Harvest album came out. Whoa, I'm old, but that's okay. But I'm reading all these stories and they're not satisfied and you won't be either without a relationship with Jesus Christ. It isn't about do's and don'ts. It's about who he is and saying yes. You know, the other day we went to one of my favorite restaurants, Cracker Barrel, judge me if you want, too bad. You know, and I met my brother and his wife. We just had a good time. We just talked. We ate. I ate sensibly, I might have you know, unfortunately. But we just enjoyed. Then I did the old guy thing. I went out and they have rocking chairs, and we just sat in the rocking chairs and talked for half an hour. Don't take your family for granted. New covenant, we're family. Oh, I get it. You like your uncle better than your aunt. I had this aunt named Loma. Mm, drove me nuts. White hair, bright red lipstick. And you know the rest of that story. Right on the cheek. I, w- I wasn't even a Christian. I just knew I wanted to lay hands on that woman. <laughs> Her, I could do without. My Uncle George... Totally different family person. He was cool. I liked him. What are you saying, Pastor? We all have Lomans in this church, and we have Georges. I get it. It's hard to believe my personality isn't everybody's cup of tea. I'm just glad God blinded Melody's eyes so she don't see the truth. But we're family! I am here to encourage you. Seamus, you're here to encourage me. Man of God. And you do. Don't let the devil define who you are when our God, the living God, is saying, rise up. I'm strengthening you. I am calling you forward. We're not going to get the work done. You're going to get the work done with our help because you have something to offer. And that's what God is saying to us today. Obey him. Trust him. Not when you feel like it. That's a bunch of hooey. Every day you, bl- you trust God. When you fall, and you will, pick yourself up, dust off your knees, forgive me, God, and go forward. Don't wallow in the mud. We're not going to all be best of friends. That's not realistic, but we're family. You don't talk ill of one another behind their back. I share this example only because it's true. I've been married almost 42 years. And you'll never hear me say, boy, Mel likes to whatever, cross-stitch too much. I don't know. I mean, I don't talk, but I mean, it's just on top of my head. Give me a grace here. You know, what I'm saying is I get sick when I hear family. Yeah, the wife was talking a lot last night. Oh, I wish my husband. No, protect. Protect. That's what family does. Protect one another. When we were growing up and the kids would do something, they'd stop and say, this is not sermon fodder. I never talked about it. Everything else was fair game. 
What am I trying to say? Okay, I get that we're not going to love each other in the flesh, but in the spirit we can. And I really want to get out of here because I really don't quite know how to finish this aspect of what I'm trying to say. We're family. God loves us, and he wants us to endure one another because my Bible says love endures. That you forgive. Paul encourages us to be full of joy in the Lord, to rejoice. Think about something you rejoice in. Don't think about something you need. Think about something you rejoice in. Live like you know Jesus is going to come back. Because he is. Don't worry. Pray. And when you start to worry, keep praying. Have a friend who's praying with you. Believe me, you know I struggle with worry. That's one of my downfalls. I pray through it. It says, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough problems of its own. That's amateur stuff. I ain't worrying about tomorrow. I'm three days down the road. So I got to say, Lord, I got to take a step back and just let you minister. Thank God. Tell God what you need. Thank him what he's done. Would you bow your heads, please? God wants us to move forward today, and I hope somehow this came through. I feel the Lord wants to tell New Covenant Community Church, Oswego, New York, that he's pleased. That he wants to encourage you. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And I feel like As we, I just feel like God wants to move today. I'm going to ask Bill to come up, do some keyboard. I feel like God is doing business with some of you this morning. Thanks, Bill. As I prayed about this, I don't know how to move forward right now, but I'm just going to be bold. As Bill, as Bill plays, some of you need to respond. I'm not a manipulator. I try not to pressure. But some of you need to respond to the Lord. See, some of you have a tough time believing that God is with you, that God is for you, that the Lord doesn't despise you. God wants you to know how much he aches when he sees your pain. Because he knows as he reaches out, if you would just reach back with your full heart of all that you are, he would lift you up. I'm not going to stand here and say he's going to remove the circumstances instantaneously because that probably won't happen. But he is going to give you a strength. He is going to give you a peace. He's going to give you a joy that is like something you've never felt before. See, the, the devil's a liar. When he tells us to veer off the path, he knows it's going to cause us anguish and frustration. And like John Eastman said a couple weeks ago, then we start getting resentful toward God. We need to be looking in the mirror. Don't 
judge your progress by what others are doing. Any step forward is a good thing. God is calling you today to trust him, to devote your life to him, living according to his ways. Obedience brings such a joy and peace that only God can give us, and we need to be thankful and rejoice. But I want to get back to this as we close at some point. I haven't talked about being uncomfortable. Can I admit to you, I am really uncomfortable with what I'm about to do. God is saying, come. So if God's touching you today, Maybe you're in a bad place. You're just not feeling good about yourself or whatever. Maybe you're in pain and you're struggling. I want you to line up right here in the center aisle. I'm not going to pray for each individual. I just feel like God is saying, I want you to come. If you want to touch from the Lord and you're really struggling, God's saying, just, just stand here in the aisle. I'm not going to push people. Nobody happens? Okay, I missed it. Now just close in prayer. God is saying, I love you guys. I want you to come. You see, sometimes God asks us to do things because that shows our faith. That shows our obedience. And when we don't do what God asks us to do, God's not going to bless that. We are the ones that handcuff him. I've done that way too many times in my life. God, forgive me. we come before you God you know your children Lord you know what they're going through I just pray Father that you would touch them that you would minister to them that you would fill them afresh Lord I see a fresh anointing coming down I see your hand I see you just wrapping your arms around my brothers and my sisters Lord letting them know how much you care for them and how much you love them Father God God is saying, you know what, church? Yes, we got this. We got this. We got this. New covenant. You know what? I am tired of us being defined by our past and what we feel like we're stuck in the mud because God is saying we're going forward and it's time for us to lift up our heads. It's time for us to get excited and say, Jesus reigns. Hallelujah. God is moving in this church. God is calling the dry bones to come to life and we're going to see the bodies form, but it ain't enough. Ezekiel's is not enough. God is breathing life into those bones. And God is breathing new life into us. And I'm going to tell you what happens when we leave here. We're going to say, oh man, I can't believe I did that. How do I know that? Because I know that's what I'm going to be battling. But I'm trusting my Jesus. If you're telling me to do this, Lord, I'm going to do it and the results are up to you. The only thing i got to worry about is doing it. So God, I just pray for this wonderful church that has been through so much, Father. But we thank you for life, Father God. That you rise us up out of the ashes, Lord God. You rise us up out of the pit of despair, out of the muck and the mire, and you breathe new life into us. And you're saying, child, you're mine. Despise you. No, 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 no. I love you. And watch out. Because church, God is saying to us, 
Oh, I'm getting ready to move. You better keep your eyes on me. You better tighten that seatbelt. Those of you that wake up in the middle of the night, the only thing you have to do is say, Jesus. Sometimes when I'm just so down and out and depressed, I wake up and say, Jesus. have some emotional junk going on, but I have that peace. So Lord, bless these wonderful people in your name and all the saints said, amen, blessings.